everybody. Welcome to the Tune Shed, the workshop for everything music from history, theory, creative process, production, you name it. We're here to become better music listeners, better creators, and better music lovers. I'm your host, Mike Blurry, and I'm here with my dear childhood friend and professional musician, Marty Gray, and also my best bud, my best bud, my <laughs> best bud, Leland Kumar Reggae Colt. And today we're going to get into so much good stuff. What's up, Marty? What's up, Leland Kumar? Hello, hello, hello. Yes, sir. This is a long time coming. Another guest. This Let's has been it. a long time coming. Yeah. So I'm for glad. everyone, yeah, for everyone who doesn't know, uh, Leland is just the best person in the world for everything. Um, always, always scheming, always being a good person, uh, always grinding and getting after music. So such a special guest to have on the show. So excited to hang out with you. Honestly, it's been a long time. It feels like. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. You know. I love podcasts. Excited <laughs> to be on one. Um, excited to talk about music. You know, just glad to glad to be alive. Happy to be alive today. You know, it's a good it's a good time to be alive and be into music. Absolutely. Um, okay, so maybe we start from the beginning, as we as we do with a lot of our guests. Uh, that and the the key thing we love is the story, um, because everybody everybody kind of gets into music differently and. Um, you know, the, this whole podcast, I guess, Leon, I don't know if you know the history, but Marty and I started this because we made a song together over the pandemic. And I was calling him and I was like, oh, Marty, I can't figure out how to arrange this part. I can't figure out how to do this part. And then I was like, this is so fun. I'm learning so much about music. I'm, I'm involved with my friends. I want to create more of this. And so the podcast was born as a place to sort of keep more tools, get more tools in your tune shed, as we say. Uh, as cheesy as it is to, uh, you know, just keep growing that skill. And I feel like that's, that's what you've really embodied in, in your life too, is just, you know, learning more and more and, and always grinding to, to go after your aspirations, as you say in your album. <laughs> but maybe we start with the story. Like, I, I'm always curious how people like, how'd you even, how'd you even get into music growing up? Hmm. I mean, if you, if you want to take it back to the, the very, very beginnings, I would yes. say, it it really started with my my father's record collection is really where I was like, you know, a kid like, yo, what is this? Like putting this this vinyl disc and this needle and it's creating the sound like from that moment it was on. Honestly, from that moment, it was like, I need to know. Even though it wasn't as planned out as this, but it was like, I need to know how to do this, what to do with this how to make this, how to be around this all the time. And then, um, yeah, so really, really from that, my dad had a, I st still has an incredible record collection of amazing, like, reggae albums, you know, classic rock, some early, like, 80s hip-hop stuff, like, legendary records that uh, I still have, and it's it's become my record collection now that I'm building from that. Um, and you still then, add to it? Yeah, yeah, I still buy some. I still buy some vinyl. Cool. Recently, uh, most recently, I was actually gifted a piece of vinyl, um, by an artist named Goya Gombani. Go check out cool. Goya Gombani, an amazing. Uh, Gotta write that down real quick. Amazing vocalist, uh, sort of like a hybrid London New York man, born in New York, lives in London, moved to London when he was younger, but yeah. Plays with a full band, vocalizes, like 
kind of like a jazz vocalist rapper i don't know you just gotta listen to it goy gombani amazing amazing person for real i'm grateful to have connected with him recently but that's awesome yeah the records that's definitely my first um records and cds right i I was actually thinking recently because i i put this cd on in my car it was actually one of my uh, another one of my my dad's cds it was the pixies and I, it's actually I remembered it was my first the first song, you know, I'm talking about when I was like probably like four or five or something like really the literally the first song I can remember like really liking was Gigantic by the Pixies. And okay. that song I listened to recently and I was like, oh, shit, this is still doing something for me. That's but, awesome. That's yeah, the crazy so- thing about music is it's like I, we've actually heard that story. We had another guest on Logan Gourmet. Um, he's a really, really interesting and and smart person out there in the music world. And his story started with his his dad's music as well. As, you know, there's something to that sort of like first impression of music. I mean, obviously, music is you know a universal language. People say all this stuff, but it it does hit early, and it, it's awesome that that still hits after all these years. That song. Definitely, definitely. So, yeah, definitely that was my first experience consuming music. Um, I'm trying to think, my first time actually, I guess. So, yeah, both my parents like played somewhat instruments. They like they kind of played a little guitar. You know, they knew. They pretty much knew all the open chords, and I said, you know, they were on some hippie shit back in the day so they learned they, they were playing guitars in the park or something like that but <laughs> and i love so that i would mess around on guitars acoustic guitars sometimes my grandmother played piano mm-hmm. i would mess around on her piano oh that's cool um like i got a clear uh yeah she would play yeah she would play she she could read music and play um that's cool piano yeah she would she would sit down yeah yeah crazy thinking back actually it's really really crazy rest in peace aji um then got in school i think i played trumpet for like a couple weeks but that never really worked out but in school i did play start playing stand-up bass oh cool i started playing stand-up bass in the orchestra and that was dope there was only two of us so, you know, the orchestra really needed us. Yeah, and your best buds, all right? Yeah, me and my homie Tyrell played, played stand-up <laughs> bass. It was actually legend. And we would just fuck around because um, they needed us, right? There's only yeah. two. Like, if you're a violin and you're messing around, like, you're going to get in trouble. But <laughs> I've heard that exact story from so many different people and even, uh, like, bass singers as well. We, I mean, my good yeah. bud, Tui... <laughs> The yep. bass singer, you, they just need you, you know? So you have all this freedom. That's so funny. Oh, they're yeah. always goofing off. So, okay, yeah. Th- I And I was I was playing in the orchestra. I ended up, but a, definitely a seminal moment in playing stand-up bass in the orchestra hmm. was I actually wasn't in the in the jazz band. My, my, my friend who was also playing bass, Tyrell, he was playing in the after school too. He was doing the jazz band. And he came in one day, he was like, yo, we learned this crazy song in jazz bands called Chameleon by Herbie Hancock. And I was like, oh, word, how's it go? And he's like, boom, 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 bo
is that? And so I learned that on the stand-up bass. And that was like the first bass line I remember being like, that's just it. Though the two first bass lines I definitely remember being like so drawn to was that one and then higher ground. But uh, yeah. actually the 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 red hot chili peppers. Chili peppers. Yeah, yeah I was gonna, I almost started singing it, but the I was like, I'm the peppers one. Yeah, that shit I was like that, that, so those two definitely stuck. I ended up oh. not sticking with the bass though. I got tired of carrying this gigantic instrument. I, and after I think after middle school, I ended up stopping with the orchestra. I was like, can't be in high school carrying. It's like this. three times your body size. In yeah, it was like I'm trying to <laughs> fit it on the school bus. Like no, <clears throat> couldn't do it anymore. Obviously, you know, regret that these days. But whatever. Yeah. Came back to it in my own way now. Um. But before that, I guess the first band I started playing in, I was actually playing drums um, with my friend Shante and my friend, my friend Shante uh, was playing guitar and singing. My friend Evan was playing guitar and bass sometimes, whatever it called for. And we were just, that was just some raw shit. We played like one show, I think, never recorded anything. The only thing that's ever documented from that is like a, a photo booth video, I think, like just straight off the <laughs> MacBook. Mic. Oh, with like the effects on it or something. Exactly, like the mirror mode, yeah. the mirror mode. So yeah. there's like two of me, like drumming. Yeah, <laughs> that was uh, just a garage band then, huh? Oh or yeah, a, ba- a basement band. Yeah, those those are those are formative as well. I feel like True. a lot of people have that formative basement band that's just I must be in a band. We're awesome. <laughs> like we're gonna shred. Gotta do it. Yeah. Yeah. Then, I guess after that, the next band I played in was a band called Droop that I started with my my dear friend Blake right here. That was the next band? Yeah, for real. I'm telling oh. you. I mean, so I was in between that. I Okay, in between then and, and Droop, I started making, I started producing on my own. So I, I was sort of just doing stuff on my own in, in the time. Oh, in totally. Between. So solo artist stuff yeah. as they call it. Yeah, exactly. Solo artist stuff. So I started learning how to make beats on GarageBand, eventually leveled up to Logic. Mm-hmm. Um started vocalizing a little bit on my own as well, writing some bars. They were great. Uh, I remember some shows in college that were mind blowing. Even play yeah, played some shows up until then with some bars. And then um but then, yeah, then Droop happened. That was the first, that was when I started playing, you know, playing guitar and singing these songs, screaming these songs, <laughs> letting them know. Because, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that band, I, I told this to Blake many times, but that band was like, that band was weekly therapy for me. I mean, there was a lot going on in my life in that moment. And like, I was just letting it all out, writing all these songs was therapy then getting to practice them and just like scream them was super healing and yeah i I really cherished that time and like yeah we played a couple shows as drew recorded some music oh, and yeah. that so droop okay here's why droop is super important is because that was my first sort of time 
messing around with recording mm. and figuring out just figuring it out on the fly and then you know struggling and failing and being like oh my god i really want to figure this out for real which then led me to going to school for audio engineering basically yeah and i wait, even wait, wait, wait. before before you get into the the school part i i just have to paint a picture of drew because it was it was a time in my life so marty imagine this i want Leland to know what I, Drew was <laughs> you know we're sneaking into the college radio station which is on the the bottom level of like the cafeteria building on campus. Okay. It's like in the heart of campus. You know, we're sneaking in there. We, I don't even know how we got the code to get in. Like you knew someone in the radio and we got the code. I had a DJ show. I had a DJ show oh, for you had a for DJ a show. That's and perfect. I but I finessed the codes to the other room. <laughs> I was sweet talking with somebody. Beautiful. And we'd like set up the drums in there. It's like packed, you know, we set up the amps and we're just... <laughs> full tilt as loud as possible screaming what? massive drums huge guitar and like, you know <laughs> half the nights we got kicked out it's like some someone in a suit would come in and knock on the thing and be like sorry you gotta go and we're like ah oh, all right and the other half the time we were just free just playing as late as we want it was like 3 a.m and we're just going as hard as we can that's sweet it was so fun there's there's nothing like it um anyway sorry to interrupt i just that color is so good I got to got to yeah it was super raw it was super raw and just like special for real um yeah my first memories of then like recording was you know we we had been we would practice and stuff and play some shows and i was like okay we're gonna we gotta record this we gotta figure this out so i think we recorded it on GarageBand, just on my on my laptop garage band and I think we just put like one mic over the whole drum set, maybe. Yep. I think yeah, that's so. what we did. No way yeah. we did more than <laughs> that. Somehow it sounded pretty good for that. Maybe we I did know. a snare or something too. I don't know. Yeah, it was. It was. I, I think there was only like four or five tracks max. Yeah. Man, some of those old punk records though, there was just like two C12s over the whole kit. <laughs> you know, and they were just like. You're good bang around it was good sound well leland last time i saw you came into the studio and you were playing around with just muting a bunch of the drum like we had the whole kit all mic'd up and we muted everything except for the overheads and it sounded amazing it was just like a different quality and i would have, i would have never thought to just you know mute half the tracks of the mics i would think you know use them all or don't but that that was brilliant really cool creative idea mm-hmm. yeah those overhead mics the we were using the the Coles overhead mics, like those are just oh, yeah. my mind. Those are like the greatest mics I've ever heard. Honestly, I'm like, and now I want to experiment with those on so many different things. Like, Dude, mic said, a cab with those or something. Or you said Coles, and I was I was gonna say the best drum sound I've ever got to this day was we had a three piece kit, just a kick, snare, and hi hat, and I had a two uh like a two channel interface into a laptop. So I grabbed two coals and put one coal over the shoulder to just get like the snare and hat and then the other one sort of like at a 45 for the back of the kick. That's uh, like still the best, <laughs> like Whoa. the snappiest drum sound we've ever got. Yeah. They're such great mics. The coals are so good. Yeah, those are, that's crazy. I'm, I'm going to try that, try that orientation. That's cool. It was yeah. a, like an R&B project, so we didn't really need much, but. Mm. Yeah, like a nice, just tight, snappy sound. Yeah. Yeah, and slightly like low five into G, mm-hmm. ribbony. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, 
yeah, that's like when when I mic the drum set for Blake. Um, after I mic'd everything, I was like, hmm, these are actually all dynamic mics. Like, I love it. I love dynamic Great. mics. That's Great. something I've been realizing recently. I like dynamic mics. But we can get, we'll get, we'll get there. We'll get there, right? <laughs> true, true. We will get there. Absolutely. All that studio. I, got ahead of myself. I love the studio connection, though. Both of you working in studios. It's good. <laughs> There's not much of us anymore, dude. It's good to, it's good to meet another one. <laughs> For real. But um, we're 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 still in talking about Drew. No, I just interrupted to go off on it because it was good. I think you were you were getting on to the school after that. Oh yeah, yeah. So at, basically, that one night recording three tracks in the radio station with Garage Band and a couple mics, that was the moment I was like, I, well, yeah. Basically, I ended up dropping out of that school. That was that with Blake and figuring stuff out for a while, but it ended up leading to applying to audio and engineering school at uh city college in new york um and i ended up using those tracks from the radio station in my application to that to the the sonic arts center is what the program was called um it still is called that but um yeah i used those tracks i used some of the things i produced and uh it worked i got in and I learned a lot there, like learned, yeah, learned a lot, a lot there. Definitely just about comp, everything from, you know, hands-on micing, mic applications and things like that to production things, got my hands into Pro Tools then. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so... And then basically, then I would say then all the time in 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 school. Hold up, actually, wait. Before I get any further, <laughs> I actually I can't go on without actually bringing up um, my dear friend Donovan Donnie from the poster, who I was making music with for True. years there in in that moment, and produced with him, wrote songs with him. Another great artist still making music. Uh, yeah. Shout out Donnie. Very integral in in the in the path of kumar very you know yeah we can't leave that out but yeah then from being an audio engineering school just taking every opportunity i can get trying to soak up as much knowledge the way things worked out um i guess in terms of covid and everything um they basically switched it all to like online classes and it was kind of some bullshit. And I was really in there to be, am I allowed to swear on here? I just realized. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. Um, I love it. Basically, yeah, they were, all the classes went online. I was always in there just to be in the studio. I just wanted to get my hands on this equipment, use it. Yeah, because you had was, easy was, access, right? Yeah, I was bringing people in. You know, that was the best part about being in New York, going around, meeting people. And then it's like, oh, come through to the studio. Let's figure this out together. Let's make a song. You know, it's just like yeah. it opens up so much, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, um, that is bullshit. You can't you can't make an audio engineer just purely based on books. There's no, no way you could, were... you could you could shout every mic name, every polar pattern 
every frequency response of every microphone and still you would make terrible audio engineers that way. Exactly. They're like, <laughs> it's all by the book. I mean, we were literally on Google Images on Zoom. And he's like, oh. yep, this is the mic that we have at the at oh. the facilities. That but uh, oh, that's no, it's, it's really expensive. You're never going to get your hands on it probably. But this is what it looks like. And I'm just like, that what sucks. are we doing here? Yeah, that's, and yeah. then the time they're also like, but use your ears, and I'm like, I'm trying. <laughs> Where, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's brutal. How many times do you think you heard "use your ears" in your entire schooling? I feel like that's it's good <laughs> advice, but it's common advice. I still hear it. I hear it. I heard it yeah, yesterday. All the time. All the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, more than more than I can even count. I mean, look, all love to the good people at uh, the city college. Sonic Art Center. Some I had some great professors there. I had some other professors that it didn't. I knew they had an immense amount of knowledge, but they honestly just weren't great teachers. They couldn't. It was hard for us. It was hard for them to access the knowledge that they had. I knew that they had it. You know. Yeah. Um. Basically, through all that, I basically ended up not finishing that program either. Like a semester before I would have graduated, but it just wasn't making sense. And totally. it also lined up with with um me coming into this space that I'm actually at right now, which is Silver Chord Studios um, in Brooklyn slash Queens, New York. It's like technically right on the border. But this is basically I was hired here to start to no to help them build uh, this room that I'm in right now, actually, this was like a storage room and they wanted, they had a, they have another studio downstairs and that had been functioning, but they wanted to turn this room into kind of like a production room, vocal recording room. And the downstairs room is more for a whole band. Mm. Um, so that, yeah, they wanted to open it up. The, the, the studio is, um, owned by uh, this band Gojira who is a, like a metal band and they yeah, I've heard of Gojira before yeah they're pretty big and it's funny I actually didn't even know them before I before I met them but hmm. this is, when I when I say it people people know about them and stuff it's cool but yeah. super good people super super down to earth people um, and they it had been they had built the first room actually off their first advance from the record label just so Whoa, that they really? could record in their <laughs> own place, you know? And then they the didn't label... like going to other studios? Is that what it was? Or Well, I don't know if this was the plan from the beginning, but at least this is what he told me recently is that they were like, let's build our own studio. And then instead of paying other studios for studio time, we just pay ourselves. Wait, that is so smart. Yeah, it's genius. They, they probably looked at the number of the advance. We're like, we can build our own space with this. Yeah. That's brilliant. That's yeah. so cool. And then now they're on their whatever third, fourth album. Like, he was just telling me the other day that he's like, yeah, in February, like, my brother and I are going to be here. Like, we're going to probably just, like, lock out the studio for, like, a month or something. And they're But they're going to pay themselves the studio. They're going to pay the actual studio rate. But I guess it's the label. The label is paying for the studio time, but they're just paying themselves. I'm like, that's pretty. That's, that's so pretty sick. Smart. That's the way to do it. That's such a good Anybody idea. Signing record deals out there. <laughs> that is the way. To do that it. is the way. 
if they give you <laughs> exactly. enough money to build a studio it dude it's like renting versus buying exactly that's really smart exactly. yeah you rent from you, so that's yeah that's yeah. so cool i love that so basically the downstairs have been functioning already and mm-hmm. but it had been a pro- more of a personal private studio and now they're trying to turn it into more of a business uh open commercial space um yeah so yeah they basically hired me to help them build this room you know uh or turn this room it was already built actually but turn it into an actual functioning studio with uh we 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 built a whole book a vocal booth and i don't know if you can see this red thing behind me yeah what is that it's actually it's actually the top of it's the top of the big room downstairs it's like there's a tall ceiling downstairs so it's like this bump and then we just covered it with this red shag carpet oh cool um and built some like storage those those are some panels actually i just built right now Uh Uh, so nice so cozy in there you know and then i when i visited i saw the all the cool like there's lights built in everything and nice switches and you know it's just really comfy environment yeah exactly it's a great aesthetic over here i don't know if i can show you a little bit we got some synths and some Ooh. Oh, heck yeah. racks and stuff over there. Then we got the. This is what I just installed: is these panels on the ceiling, the clouds. So yeah, cool. I, was, I saw those. I was gonna ask how much. <laughs> how said, much for some clouds? Yeah, <laughs> we no, can talk every, after. We can talk after. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll get into the numbers. We'll get into yeah, the perfect. Because this, this right here, you can see on mine. That's a, that's a Leland panel right there. I was gonna say, yeah, that yeah. thing's yeah, really I pretty. Shipped them, shipped them out there too. I love it. Beautiful. Blake wanted the. I love it when people choose patterns. Yeah, pattern. I got two of these. They I needed them for the for the beauty and for the acoustics. Like this room is still a little empty. I'm still working on it, um, but also it just doesn't have much on the walls too. And it, it, they look so good. I love the patterns. You find the coolest fabrics. I know. Look at me. I'm such a schlep with my black ones. Yeah, come on, get some. Get some <laughs> I gotta get. On there. Gotta get prettier ones. The pretty at the <laughs> time, the prettier ones were really expensive. <laughs> I was a poor a poor kid back then, you know. The fabric, the fat. Honestly, when I was making the the fabric, I mean the panels with the pattern fabric, the that was one of the largest expenses was the fabric. Mm. Uh, it's probably the why they're more expensive. Makes but sense. actually, these ones here, uh, behind me, I have a good deal on the fabric. Now this is actually turban fabric. I have a little spot, uh, Indian fabric huh. store I go to out in Queens, and this is actually the same fabric they used to make turbans and then actually i this actually i just was cutting it up and cutting it up just now and then i had this little excess piece and i was like this just feels right that's great yeah it looks good yeah. i it thought great. it was part of the whole thing well i, I was, was already wearing this bandana on my head and then i just put this there and it was like i, I never would have noticed just feels right. <laughs> it does fit you got a fabric hookup that's awesome yeah because you've been doing the panels you you build stuff too right like you're full into you know that's like part of your part of your job at the studio but you've been doing it for a long time haven't you yeah i mean the whole even before when i was in school i was kind of the way i was just sort of making money while i was in school was i was sort of like i guess like just a handyman around the city i was working with a a good friend of mine orlando who he was a real legit handyman doing a lot of different jobs and i would just i would work on jobs with him 
we would install mm-hmm. shades and blinds in people's apartments in Manhattan, like big, crazy apartments, hanging these like motorized shades and stuff in the windows. Mm-hmm. And so I would just, you know, was always doing stuff with my hands, started building stuff, on, started building the panels on my own. Honestly, I was like, just sort of got into it. And when I talked to the people here, I just, you know, they were like, so you know how to do this? Like, what do you, what do you bring to the table? And I was kind of just like, yeah, I do this. And then, yes, this is even before I really did it. I never built a vocal booth before. I didn't even really know how to solder, but I was kind of just like, and then I, I was like, yeah, I do this. And then I did it. And then now I do this. This is the thing about you. I I said it in the beginning. (laughs) One one of the great things that you've taught me, Leland, amongst other things, but this is one of the great ones is you say, always be scheming. And if, if everybody listening, just imagine you're, you're a young Leland thinking like liking music, you know, dad's records are sick. And then what's next, you know, you're always thinking what's next and making all these ideas. And then you just go do it. You know, you go to school, you figure this thing out. You're like, I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. And here you are, you know, working in a studio, being your best self and, and still scheming. And I always think about that. I'm always trying to imagine what's next in my own life just because cause you were always doing that and, and it, it's awesome. And, it's good and, stuff. And I'm, Kumar, I'm spilling like, the secrets. Well, Kumar, you, might, you may be like the 20th person under like 35 I've met that's worked in a recording studio, but everyone sort of has a similar story. Like even my story mm-hmm. is kind of similar. Like, walked into a studio, I was working at a restaurant at the time, and like walked into a studio, asked for a job, and the engineer was like, all right, yeah, like let's see you roll a cable. (laughs) And I was like, I don't know how to roll a cable, but I'll bet you I can learn in like three minutes. (laughs) You know, like for all of you guys listening out there that are gunning for studio jobs, like very rarely is it about if you graduate top great marks and if you've worked on a great record before and no, it's more just like if if the people run in the studio like your vibe and you have you have a good energy and you bring something great to the table like that's usually what that's usually what makes a good studio rat <laughs> you know yeah facts and it's interesting because like like uh, uh, with your story of getting into it like just just pulling up and being like yo I want to do this I'm gonna do this yeah right here you know like because I feel like when I was in school for audio engineering. When I first started, I was like, okay, I'm going to do the whole, I'm going to graduate from here. I'm going to know all this stuff. I'm going to be an intern. Then I'm going to be an assistant engineer. Then I'm going to be an engineer. Then I'm going to be a mixing engineer. You know, I'm like thinking of all, that's like the path that they lay out for you, right? And then I kind of hit a point, maybe halfway, maybe like at like year, when I was like two years in, um, where I was like, wait actually i don't want that's not what i want actually i don't want to work in a corporate setting studio i don't want to i don't want to just go get coffee for people for like two years before i even get to like get my hands on this stuff you know and i don't know i was like i I just yeah i just needed i just had another route i guess and then i feel like i wanted to take it into my own hands and that's where like I had been doing the building stuff. Music always been a part of my life. It was just like, this just makes sense. You got to bring them together. 
That's beautiful. That okay, beautiful. so we have five minutes left. Do you do you want to plug some? Because like I'm curious. Do you do you make panels as a business? Are you? Yeah, sort of I'm actually. Okay, I'm at the point now. I I feel like I started making the panels maybe, uh, like a year and a half ago, almost two years ago now. When I first started, just from making them for myself, and I'm actually at the point now where I'm like fully gonna start my own acoustic construction business because basically from the panels, Whoa. then led to getting hired here to build them the vocal booth here, and then you know people come in here and see the vocal booth, and then they're like, "Oh, can you build that for me over here?" And so yeah. then I did that. And that was actually that was the first time I really had to like do everything, like budget out all the supplies, estimate my time, estimate like the labor, est figure out who I'm gonna hire to like help me do the framing, and you know, like that. Wow. That took a lot, and that and so doing all that, I was like, oh, okay, I should really start my own sort of you know contracting construction business with this, um, and I'm sort of like really right now in the process of launching that um it's going to be called acoustic acoustic designs yeah a h k u s t e k beautiful design so yeah really the 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 idea is to be sort of like a home studio supplier or just you know anything acoustic any of your acoustic needs when whether that just is like a consultation, like just come into your space, whether it's your bedroom, whether it's a place you're trying to turn into a studio, a garage, a home theater, a restaurant, like it could really be more than just a recording space um, and, and, and talk about the acoustics of that room, what we can do to improve it and, you know, what services I can offer, building panels, building cables. Uh, that's something I sort of got into recently, too building custom length cables and stuff like that um yeah so definitely I'm, I'm working on it it's in the process of being launched right now we're getting the website out i made an email for it that's the first step it and is. <laughs> so yeah we love bedroom producers or maybe i do i'm kind of obsessed with this concept that like you know recording studios amazing awesome a great tool for people who don't have access to them, like you can do a lot at home too. And I loved when I got these panels, I called you and like you helped me figure out where to put them in the room. Uh, Cause there's a lot that goes into that and makes a difference. And it's not just like these panels. It's like, what's the vision for the room? Like, how are you like, what are you going to put in there over time? Like, will you eventually need like a base trap and all these other things? It's just nice to have somebody who knows so much about that. And um, I feel like yeah, we should a... get into that more too. in, in part two of this series, we should. but yeah. yeah, we should. I mean, it's. A, I feel like there's a market to be cornered there because there's so many people making music at a really high level from their bedrooms. Uh, yeah. But there's, I mean, even still, like I go to the recording studio I work at for vocals and drums um, and like louder instruments. Like if I need to record saxophone, it's like hard to do it in here because it's just so. But I feel like having an affordable option for like diffusion and absorption, like having like awesome looking panels is something that yeah like bedroom producers don't really consider yeah and that's also part of the vision the first the first panels i was making were actually exclusively out of this fabric called mud cloth 
which is a type of fabric. It's semi-thick, but it's very porous. And it's actually from Mali in West Africa. Um, It's really beautiful. Like, look it up. It's dyed with mud or dyed with indigo, mud cloth. And so the idea is it's like, you know, it's functional art. Like, it it can be put on the wall and, and look beautiful, but it's also doing something for your room, doing something for your space, you know? I've always been... I've always been on a path of art, but also tied in it, like functionality is always something important to me too, I guess. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. You put, you, you put things together and that's what you do. You put them all together. All right. So let's pause for a minute and then we'll be back and we'll, we'll get into the details of acoustics and, and figure out what we can learn. Sounds good. All right. Till next time, everybody. Much love. Bye. Peace, peace. Thank you.